Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. This is the show where conversations save lives. It's HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight. So glad that you have joined us here on the show. And we would love to connect with you guys. You can email us anytime on the show or the podcast at hope at hopenet360.com or jump on Facebook and Twitter at hopenet360. Love to hear from you guys. Like our page, follow us, be a part of the HopeNet crew. Tonight on the show, we have our special guest, and she's become such a part of this show. Kristen Jane Anderson is back on the show with us tonight. So glad to have you on the show tonight, Kristen. Thank you, Jeff. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. Dave, what's going on, man? It's good to see you again this week. How's your week been? Oh, uh, you know, it's been really fantastic. So many, so many young people to talk to. So many things God's doing in people's lives. It's it's an exciting time to be alive because as the nation falls apart, uh, more people are actually looking for an answer, and so we get to plug that gap. And I'm excited to be a part of that. Isn't it fun just to hear how God uses something maybe that you say, or just some maybe that some some little that you think you post on Facebook, and how it just kind of stands out and makes an impact in someone's life. Yeah, you know, Jeff, and I, I keep thinking about our name, HopeNet Radio. I love the name because when, when I talk to young people, one of the things that's so missing is hope. I mean, they, they really will talk a good game, but they don't have any hope that things will change. They don't, and, and it starts them down a path that they shouldn't be. And I, I think, uh, I hope that our listeners realize that what we want to be able to do is, is talk some truth, give some hope, and, and if we need to, be that net for a little bit where, where we can catch them and help them get back on their feet. And, and realize there is real hope out there. There is. And hope isn't something that's just a pipe dream. I mean, it's not something that you look at and say, well, I just maybe someday it can happen, especially as it's used in the Bible. And they use the word hope. It's like, no, this is a sure deal. That's what I put my hope in. It's a, it's a different kind of thing. And so I, I hope our listeners, hope, 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 I, I hope our listeners are people that begin to understand that they can indeed have hope. They can. And, uh, and we can help them see the truth that will set them free in that way. This show really is based around these two words. See, there are two guys, Jeff, me, and DW, Dave, who is, in my eyes, he's a great mentor. He's a great role model. Also leads a Bible camp up in Sawyer Lake area, White Lake. And we're two guys who really want to approach life and to speak into your life with a sense of vulnerability as well as accountability. Now, these two words can seem kind of tasking to some people to actually think about being vulnerable in their life or to set themselves up to be accountable for what they feel, what they're thinking, what they're planning on doing, their actions, and all that. So HopeNet Radio, this idea is really just a, a forum to talk about things that really do matter to teens, young adults, and parents. So if you're new to this show, we welcome you to the show. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and our podcast, and you can grab that later after the show. We record every single show. We'd love for you to be a part of it. Kristen, you've got some great thoughts, and you have a story, an incredible story, of really a way that God really intervened in your life at probably your weakest point. 
And most of us have heard your story a little bit. Maybe just share a little bit of, of your story, and then let's start talking about some of these things that uh, – some of the things maybe that you wish you knew ahead of time. Well, I ended up attempting suicide when I was 17 years old. It was um, on January 2nd, and a number of things that went wrong in my life before that for about you know, almost two years, a number of things went wrong. I lost four friends. I lost my grandmother. I had been raped. I was being stalked by two young men. I was struggling in school, and it just seemed like everything was going wrong in my life. I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know how to hope anymore. I didn't know how to just pull it together. I just felt uh, like my life was spinning out of control, and eventually I just made that impulsive choice to try and end my life, thinking I wasn't sure where else to turn or what the right answer was. And so I, in trying to take my life, laid on a set of train tracks, and I was run over by 33 freight train cars at 55 miles per hour. Miraculously, I survived. I lost my legs, and I lost eight pints of blood, but God kept me alive. And I know that it's only by his grace that I'm here, and I'm so grateful for that. So that's kind of the story. God really used that in my life to bring me into a real and awesome relationship with him, and that's the better part of the story. But um, that's sort of a summary. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down 15 things that I wish I would have known before I tried to take my life. And I also wrote down 15 things I wish my parents would have known. And I'm just hoping that today we can discuss those things and, and you guys could share your thoughts as well. Oh, man. Yeah, I think that's a it's an important thing to do because, again, if we connect teens and parents, and I know it's an unpopular thing in today's day and age. You kind of have teenagers who kind of want to do their own thing, and you got parents who consistently would try to, you know, creep in a little bit and see what their teenagers up to, but their teens kind of like push them away. And, and that tends to happen at those days. But I think where hope can come in is if we can connect those two, if we can have honest conversations and be open, really talk about these things that hope can come in, change can happen, and hopefully things won't get to that point. You know, I, I'd like to ask a question. I know we're going to get into these, but I'd like to ask Kristen a question because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. my, my brain was racing here when she was talking. My first question really was, you got raped and you went through all this kind of stuff. Did you talk to an adult? Uh, did you talk to a parent or a grandparent or, a, or, or someone who – did you talk to anyone about how you were feeling about all this stuff? No, that's one of the things that I wrote in here. I wish I w- – especially wish that I would have talked to my parents. I did talk to my friends some but not about the most important things because I was really confused about everything. I didn't know how to express my feelings. I didn't know how to express my thoughts and I didn't even – uh, realize how bad I was doing. I was trying to just move on with my life and leave it in the past. Yeah. Like, why would why would you not talk to somebody about getting raped? I would, didn't want to believe it was real. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wanted to just uh, wipe it from my history. If that if you can understand that, I just I I was in a place of denial. Yeah, you wanted to pretend it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Except I didn't feel like I was pretending. Right. Right, and and so there's there's young ladies listening today that that may be thinking that way, but I'm but I'm thinking, okay, wow, you had this stuff happen to you. Um, when I was a teacher, I realized a fifth grade teacher, I realized that my fifth graders they came into school, and they they were with fifth graders all day. They went home and they played with fifth graders until supper. Then they ate supper if they did, and then they went out and played with fifth graders till bed, and then they went to bed and started all over. The only influence in their life was fifth graders, pretty much. And, and so when they had issues, they talked to fifth graders who don't have any answers. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Yep. And, and I'm, I'm listening to your story thinking, you know what? My fifth graders didn't have any answers because they hung out with fifth graders. And I'm thinking, <laughs> if, if you 
you know, if somebody's listening that's struggling and, and really you're, you're sharing your thoughts great with a good close friend at your age, I just want to encourage you. you. You probably need to talk to somebody who loves you and cares for you that's older than you. And uh, I, that was just one of those things that was screaming at me while you were talking, Kristen. It's like, wow. And, you, you know, you probably did talk to some friends confidentially about it. But, again, they were fifth graders. I, you weren't in fifth grade, I understand, but the analogy fits. Right. There's also, I mean, there's just a fear of being rejected, too. Also, just feelings of guilt, like, it's my fault. Mm-hmm. I did this. You know, you, you tend to, females tend to internalize those things, do they not? It's definitely true. I, I don't know the reasons behind that for sure, but I just know that um, it seems easier to blame yourself and try to take responsibility for it. And in a way, it's because you want to avoid it in the future. What did I do wrong so that this doesn't happen again? Hmm. Yeah. We're going to take a break here on the show. We're going to get to this list of things that we wish we knew and to really connect parents and teens together. So don't tune out. If you want to chat with a live coach, I just encourage you tonight. There's a live coach available to chat with you. If there's something going on in life, you need to talk and you need to let some things go. Chat right now at HopeNet360.com. Click on the Talk to a Live Coach button. We'll have more with Kristen when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. We're talking with Kristen Jane Anderson here tonight on HopeNet Radio. You can join the conversation. Email us at hope at HopeNet360.com or connect on Facebook and Twitter at HopeNet360. So tonight we're chatting about things that we wish we knew or in particular things Kristen wished she knew before laying on the train tracks. There's Sometimes we get to these points in our life where we wonder what we do with these things that we're feeling. You know, we, we get to a point in our life where things aren't going our way. Kristen, you talked about some, some situations in your life, things that were really out of your control. And they're just not going the way you expected them to go. And it, even in your discussion, even in our past show, especially when you first came on the show, you just shared how you felt like they're really – like you didn't really have a plan. But it was kind of like I don't really know what else to do. I don't really know how this is going to fix itself. It just seems like I'm in a I'm in a spot where it's just so uncomfortable. I don't like who I am. I don't like what's going on around me. You you talked about losing a, what four of your mm-hmm. close friends or family members? Four friends and a grandmother. And a grandmother. So just losing people close to you again. Those are things that it just all those feelings just came to a point where it just kind of culminated, you know, and we all get to those points in our life. That's normal. When we talk about being vulnerable and being accountable on this show, we we're talking about these things, things that are maybe uncomfortable to admit to, but yet unless we admit to them, unless we actually talk about them, nothing can really change. Can it? No, we have to open up. We have to talk to the people around us who love us, especially parents or other adults um, who know the Lord and who really um, have answers for us. Why is the truth uncomfortable? Why is it? Because there's consequences sometimes, or you think there's going to be consequences, but they're not always reasonable. They're just, they're in our head, they're, you know, like the yeah. worst case scenario. Are we painting a picture of ourselves that is so far from reality that we can't talk about what we really are? I know for me as a teenager, one of the things was I was afraid of disappointing my parents, and I was also afraid of punishment. I didn't want them to take to ground me and take my friends away or things like that. So it was very, you know, sounds very little now as an adult, but it was a big deal to me then. Can I ask you a question about that? 
Sure. Um, I'm wondering, you, you were thinking, and I'm just trying to get the rationale from this, and, and somebody might be listening this and feel the same way, so I'm kind of trying to do that, but why did you think you would disappoint your parents if you told them about the rape and other things, but you wouldn't disappoint them if you laid on a railroad track? At that point, I didn't care anymore. I stopped caring about pleasing them or anything. I, I was... I was numb inside. I just didn't care about anything or anyone anymore. I did to a point, but for the most part, I didn't. So that's why I didn't care. I mean, I knew it, they would be hurt and everything, but I just wasn't preoccupied by that. Okay. It, it's just very interesting. I, I think some of the things you're going to say, and I don't know, I've not seen your list, and, and I'm anxious to hear it, but I, I'm thinking that obviously getting to the point where you want to kill yourself, there's some irrational thoughts going through there. Mm-hmm. because of the fact that, and, and that's why somebody else helps you sort it out and, and why it's so important to talk to somebody because it's, it's just like if I'm trying to describe that elephant to you while your face is smashed up against the elephant. You know, I mean, all you see is dark and gray when that happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I can back you up a little bit and tell you about it and, and give you a little perspective, then the elephant isn't quite so ugly and smelly and that kind of thing. And, and I think that there's that perspective thing that, Everyone that's listening needs to understand they have, and they would value, be very valuable to have somebody outside of that talk about the elephant. And I have probably 100 questions on everything you say. but It's also important to recognize this is – rape is a very serious thing. Rape is, is a crime. And this is – it's a crime against someone in, the, in the, really the most undignified way. You know, it's, it really robs them of their value in so many ways. Um, it's It's – it goes beyond just anything else. I mean, you could throw a rock at somebody, and it would probably hurt less than the emotional weight that you carry for the rest of your life until you can work through that and work through the process of forgiveness. So it's a very serious thing. And I just, I know there are many people, many young women too, just to report it. You know, because then there's a process. There's like, you have to go through a legal process. You have to, you know, file reports. You have to, it, it becomes a very uncomfortable process to go through. And there's probably quite a few young women who either know someone or maybe they themselves have had some kind of sexual abuse in their past. And this is a very difficult topic to talk about. And it's not necessarily one that I feel like we could tackle totally tonight on the show. But as you're listening tonight, if that's you, if you've struggled with that, or you've been a victim of that, and you've not talked to somebody about that, uh, I really would encourage you to just seek out at least your parents or someone who you know you can trust. Now, the, the hard thing is that comes into play is when it's a family member, because most sexual abuse crimes are done by people who they know. Right. You know, it's the same thing, kind of like kidnapping, too. I mean, these it's that trust barrier. It's like people that you think you should be able to trust the most are the ones that you find in those moments as the least the least people you'd, you would trust. Any kind of sexual abuse, I mean, that's it's a very deep topic. So I do want to make sure that we're sensitive to that and that you know that you can go and you can chat with a live coach. Now, I do encourage you that whenever there's a report, especially when it comes to mandatory reporting, this is also important to recognize that there are mandatory reporting laws as well when it comes to sexual abuse. So this is a, a big topic. It is very We take it very sensitively uh, and want you to know that there is hope and there is there is a way to heal from it. And Kristen, I'm sure you've gone through a healing process. And especially as you we go through this list tonight, you're going to talk about the healing process. And part of the healing process is looking back and saying, okay, I, I did some things. I could have done some things better. Maybe not what had happened to me, but my response to it. Mm-hmm. Would that be right? Yeah, some of those things are that way. You know, Jeff, I, I'd like to ask you a question, though, because my mind was racing again while you were talking on, on some <laughs> things. 
but yeah. I'm a I'm a I'm a young person. I've been raped. I know that there's mandatory reporting that kind of thing. I know if I tell a counselor at school, the family members in big trouble. Why should I tell the counselor? I, I don't want my family member in big trouble. And that's a lot of what young people feel, guys and girls who have been abused. That well, what, that is what, the that is the feeling right there. You've nailed it. Yeah. What would you tell me though? I'm I'm coming to you and I'm saying that. I'm, I'm telling you and I'm I'm saying that. What would you tell me? I would advise the person to open the door for hope. I, that person, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Every action has an effect, if you will. There's there's a consequence to an action, a choice that you make. And so when it comes to a young person who decides to go public with this information, it's not going to be easy. You, you fear alienating that family member or they alienate you because you've reported them, you've outed them. And this is again, just a family member, but this could be a neighbor down the street that you, your, your family is good friends with. Um, It is a very layered issue. That's, that's exactly it. I would say this person needs to be accountable for their choice. Because yeah. they have violated trust to the nth degree. Yeah. And so that, that's the way I would approach it. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable, but it needs, to be, it needs to happen. That conversation, those conversations need to happen. They do. I, I, I like to equate it to a, a, a puppy, believe it or not. I mean, if you take a puppy and you beat it all the time and it sits in the corner and just cowers in the corner, it can never have the life it's supposed to have. And, and there's too many that are puppies in the corner. And, and it's not about getting somebody in trouble. That's what we look at it as. It's really about helping people become what they should become. A verse, John fourteen twenty seven. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You know, when you live the way you're supposed to, you do not live in fear. And I hope that the people that are listening understand that. If you're living in fear... You need to talk to somebody who loves Jesus to help you out. You can go to live coaches at hopenet360.com and, and, and just talk to them to start with. But you need to talk to somebody if you're living in fear. That isn't how God wants us to live. All right. We are going to take a break here on the show. We are going to get to this list when we come back here on the show. Remember, you can chat with a live coach anytime. Hopenet360.com is where it's all at. Stick around. There's more to come with Kristen here on Hopenet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. Hope Net Radio on Q90FM. This is Hope Net Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. We're chatting with Kristen Jane Anderson on Hope Net Radio tonight. Jeff and DW, your host tonight. Kristen, what is one thing that you wish you knew before that night that you decided that was the end? Quite simply, Jeff, the number one thing that I I can think of that I've thought of so many times is that I just wish I knew what the gospel was. I went to church and everything, but I did not know the hope that there was in the gospel. I didn't know that there was a relationship that God created for me to be in with him. I didn't know that he had a plan for my life. I didn't know that I could be forgiven. That still amazes me. I still remember the first time talking with you, hearing your story, that you went to church, you were organizing service projects. Like You were one of those people that I would look at in my youth group as, as I was a youth pastor and say, that's an all-star. You know, that's an all-star student. They're out, they're coming faithfully, they're a part of the, you know, our youth ministry or our church. They're leading in some way in a ministry and that you get to the point where you feel like this is the end. I can't take it anymore. And 
instead of going in and talking through, I would think that I would be someone that would be really accessible to a student who is very involved, that I would be one of the first people they come to. Sometimes, you know, they don't, students don't want to go to their parents and talk to you about it. So they go to their youth pastor, which is a very good choice. Right. Uh, but instead you decided that you just, you, you didn't know, like there was, to me, it was like, how is that possible? Then to hear you didn't understand the, the gospel or you hadn't heard that the relationship part to me, it just blows my mind. Yeah. You know what? There's so many people and maybe many of our listeners who, who know what the Bible says, but don't know God. You can understand what the Bible says, but not know God. You can miss God in it. And um, it's so important. If, if somebody out there thinks they've got an arrangement with God, they're in this religious thing. You know, religion does not work. Rules and regulations don't work. Mm-hmm. And we need to get to the point where we understand that everything about God is a relationship. God loves me. God wants for me what's best. That's important to understand. And I think if Kristen would have understood that earlier, things could have been much different. Yeah, I agree. The number two thing that I wrote down that I wish I would have known is more about depression, um, how common it can be, as well as the triggers, the signs, and how easy it is to fall into a depression. So, like, other people struggle with it, too? How, yeah, and how common, you know, how common it is. Because I felt very alone. I felt very, like... You know, that sort of that stigma that can be attached to, to depression. I, I didn't even realize I was depressed. But if I would have known more about the signs, the triggers, I think it would have been a lot easier for me to figure out. And I wouldn't have felt as terrible about it. You know, it, hmm. what if I told you, Kristen, a, a standard answer, you know, come to me and you tell me you're depressed. And I go, well, you just need to get over it. Is that a good answer? No. Okay. I didn't think so. I mean, but I, I'll bet you listeners. I have to say, though, there is a time where you're just... If you're stuck in a depression, you're just wallowing in it, there is a time where it's like, okay, you need to get over it. Like, you can't just sit in the mud puddle forever. You do have to get out and work on things. Yeah, you know but that's not the right first thing to say. Yeah, you know what? I, I might say that, that that would not be the right first thing to say. It, not only that, but that if you are struggling with depression, th- there's a good chance that you're not talking enough to people who care about you and saying the truth. That's all. Because mm-hmm. the Bible tells us that the truth is what sets you free. And often depression, and it can be a medical depression, I understand that, I, I understand it could be a lot of different reasons, but often depression comes from hiding, believing lies, living a pretend life. And once you start talking the truth to somebody who actually will not be shocked by the truth, I'm telling you, the depression kind of gets easier to deal with at that point and starts to fade away at times. Uh, but everyone is susceptible to depression. And Jeff, I think we've talked about that, the up and downs of life at, at times, even pastors are very susceptible to depression. Yeah. Everybody is. So you're not unusual when you start feeling down. Yep. We talked about Elijah a few weeks back. Yeah. And, you know, he had a, a really great day, really great triumphant moment in his life, you know, a big win. And then went home, got bad news, and had to run away for his, you know, feared for his life. And and he was at a low point, too. I think every leader gets to a low point. Every It, it doesn't discriminate. No. I mean, whenever you have expectations and they're not met, that's one of the things. That whenever you have situations in life that are out of your control – Again, you 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 start to think about what you could have done better or whatever, and it, you just start to focus on things that are not they're not God, they're not God's will, they're not God's plan, and we end up falling into a depression. So uh, it, it's it's a larger issue than just that. So please don't let me compartmentalize it and say that's all it is because there's biological, there's chemical parts yeah. to it as well. But it, it is important to realize that you're not the only one that struggles with depression. 
and so that's that is I love that point. There's a lot of reasons why. I mean, there's just a lot of reasons why people get to where they are. To think that there's a real quick fix is usually not a good idea. But it always starts with truth and, and getting out of the pretend world. And I'd love to hear more of Kristen's list because I think these are things people really need to deal with. The third thing I wrote was that I wish I would have known I was suicidal. I would have never told you I was struggling with suicidal thoughts. I would have never told you I felt suicidal. I did not think of the way I was feeling that way at all. And so I didn't understand the the risk I was in, if that makes sense. But I would have told you that, um, I well, I don't know if I would have told you, but maybe if you would have asked me. My thoughts were sort of like, I wish I would be hit by a car. I wish somehow everything would just come to an end. I wish some way we would all just go to heaven. I wish that I just didn't have to feel anymore. I wish I didn't have to be here anymore. And those are all very um, suicidal signs, but I did not know that, and I didn't know that I was suicidal. Well, did you, did you feel like you mattered to people? I mean, really mattered to them? Yes. Okay. So you, you actually felt like you mattered, but you still had those thoughts? Yes. Wow. You know, I think that's important to understand. There, there, there's young people out there that, that could be um, not talking about these things with people that actually care about them and that they care about. And a dialogue would be very helpful uh, to start oh, on yeah. some of those things. So I wish I would have known I was suicidal. And, and I know that if I, if I knew that, I would have been a lot more uh, wise and careful with my choices. Right. The next thing I wrote down was I wish that my mom and even some of my friends, I wish I have known that my mom and even some of my friends didn't have it all together or figured out. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That's a good one. That is a good one. How often do we portray that we have it all together? Yeah. Like all the time? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think especially in the case of my mom, she didn't want me to worry about her, be concerned about her. So she never really told me when she was struggling or anything like that. And I felt like her life was just perfect. Yeah. I felt like she didn't have any concerns or worries in the world except for me. And did that change after? Did, Did your mom talk about some of those things? She started to. I mean, it was a process. It wasn't like everything just changed overnight, of course, but mm-hmm. um, she did start to. We went to family counseling, and that helped a lot, and she was in counseling herself at the same time I was, and so was my dad. So that all helped us a lot. I think we go back to the idea of the truth, and, and the truth sets you free. You know, mm-hmm. one of the most important things, and I've seen it so many times, somebody will come in, and, and, and they're just dancing around the truth. And I know it. They're just not hitting the button. And, and finally, I say, would you just tell me what's going on in your head, please? I promise I won't fall out of my chair. I promise. And, and when they do, you can see the veil get ripped off. You can see them start to live again just because mm-hmm. they start dealing with truth. All of us are in the same boat. We are all sinful creatures. And all of us have stories of, of how that sin has ruined our lives at times and ruined things. So... This is not a surprise to anybody who lives in reality. Anybody who lives in reality knows that everybody's a sinner and that there are consequences mm-hmm. to that. And so when you say that, the confessing instead of professing, when, when you say that, you begin to become free because that's how God made us. We need to live in the realm of the truth. Everybody that's listening needs to have someone in their life that loves God that they can talk to and say what's really going on 
And, and if you don't, you need to get to HopeNet360.com and talk to a life coach. Vulnerability and accountability. These are two uncomfortable, uncomfortable things that we don't always like to think about. But we need to foster an environment to be vulnerable and to be open and honest and talk about these things. We also need to foster an environment of accountability. And that's what I want to get to as well as we continue to show this conversation with Kristen. More with her list when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight. We have Kristen Jane Anderson back in studio with us tonight, and it's a great conversation. Glad that you've joined us. You can email us anytime at hope at hopenet360.com. That's hope at hopenet360.com. Or jump on Facebook and Twitter. Let us know your thoughts as we're talking tonight. We're talking about 15 things that we wish we knew before we went to that ultimate end. And Kristen has an incredible story. If you have not heard her story yet, you need to go back and listen to the show back in November to get her full story if you'd like. She has a book out called Life in Spite of Me, and it's a phenomenal read. It's a short read, but it's also her story, and we're glad, Kristen, that you're on the show with us tonight. I'm so glad to be here, Jeff. Thank you again. Great. So we've been talking about this list that you have, things that I wish I knew before, in your case, before you laid on the track, before you made a destructive decision, that it didn't end your life, you thought it was going to, and now you're able to look back and say, man, I wish I would have known these things, I wish I could have done something different in those situations, and so I want to continue with that. I had a question as we went into that break. You wish you knew that your mom didn't have it all together. How does that today, since you're a mom, how does that impact how you parent or in the future as you watch your children grow older, how is that going to change how you parent in your style? I feel like it affects the way that I parent a lot. I, I don't try to act like I have it all together. I don't try to pretend that at all. And I'm very open. I'm very honest about, you know, I, not like I want to worry my children at all, but if they ask me how I'm doing and I'm having a hard day, I'll say, you know, I'm having a really hard day this is why, but I'm praying about it a lot and God's helping me and this is how, and you know, like, and I just feel like being vulnerable in that way helps them realize that yes, we're going to have struggles. Yes. We're not always going to have a great day. No, we're not always going to feel good, but it's going to be okay. God's going to help us. He's going to carry us through. It's, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. It, I think those things bring teaching moments, you know, for our kids. Yeah. Right. And, and so that's really neat to hear. You know, I, I, I was thinking that too. I, many of our listeners know I have narcolepsy, which is a really weird disease. I'm often asked how I'm doing, and I'll look at somebody and say, you know what, I'm really, really struggling with being tired. And they look at me like they don't know what to say. And I don't want them to say anything. You know, it's like, I know that. I'm just going to work through it. You know, I mean, I'm just telling you how it really is at this point. Yeah. And I, I think it's very helpful, and I agree. I, I think people relate so much better to a person who will just say it the way it really is. I'm not saying that I'm really discouraged or depressed about it even. I'm just saying, you know, this disease has a grip on me at times. And I can't pretend, and I know, Kristen, you're, you know, uh, you had your legs taken off by that train. It has to take a grip on you once in a while, uh, mm-hmm. just the things in life. And that's okay. And I think to say anything else, you know, again, some of the professing things that people say, well, you know, God is good and all that stuff. You know, I don't think God is good. I think he's right, which makes him good. 
and mm-hmm. and and it's not all about just feeling good all the time about things. Um, it's about looking at reality, feeling upset when you should be upset about things, and then understanding how God made things and readjusting your life. One of the things I say to people all the time is the more open and honest you are with other people, the more open and honest they'll be with you. And I feel like that's true for parents with their children and children with their parents and even in many friendships and with strangers, strangers as well. You know, get in the habit. Young, young people get in the habit of being honest and, and get in the habit. If, if mom and dad, you don't think I get in the habit of you starting to share your feelings with them and see if it doesn't start uh, a chain effect kind of thing where people begin to be honest around you too. Mm-hmm. I would even challenge young people to talk to their parents and say, I need to know more about your life and how you're feeling and even your past history. Like when did you struggle? How did it make you feel? How did you get through it? I needed to know those sorts of things from my parents. Yeah. You know what's? I'm listening to you say, and I'm thinking I can hear people, young ladies, especially all over going, I'm not doing that. You know, but I tell you what, you need to listen to what Kristen just said. That's something that will open up a door that you really need. And likewise, young men who are busy, you know, saying, yeah, I'll do that after I play baseball or whatever. You know, you need to open the door. You you need to Mm -hmm. start allowing the truth to permeate your conversations. And I think it's very true that a lot of things that we struggle with, our parents often did in one way or another as well at some point in their lives so they can relate more than you realize it's very true i just don't know that a lot of parents know how to talk about it with them like you know how honest do you be how open do you be about things you know do you talk about financial issues do you talk about you know there's so many different things as parents you're trying to weigh you know how much do i put on my kids because that you know that it's it's a fine balance you know how much do you weigh your kids down with the stuff you know you're you're family secrets versus, you know, how much do you just let them, you know, enjoy life and not get so weighted down Mm -hmm. by things? Because even as a teenager, I mean, from, from my age being a teenager to where I'm at now, I see things a lot different. You know, as a teenager, every little thing is a big problem. And it's not like that to every teenager, but our, our sense of awareness as teenagers is quite a bit heightened until we get out in the real world and we start to realize that, these things happen. Disappointments happen. You know, you hear about, I think as a kid, there's so many different things that our kids are, are growing up with today, teenagers, you know, half of marriages that will end in divorce. And that's not necessarily a, a pessimistic attitude. It's just a reality that we have, you know, divorce is a very common thing. You've got, you know, abuse. You've got so many situations that families are struggling with. And, and you're really trying to find out not only what's true, but like how much truth do you just pour out and let your kids bear the brunt of in a yeah. lot of ways? So I'd love to hear from our listeners how you balance that if you're in that situation tonight. You know, how do you balance that as a parent? What do you talk about as a family? What don't you talk about as a family? And I uh, would love to hear from you guys. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a kind of a lighthearted story that shows the importance of that. I had a couple over. They just were married recently, and, and I mentored the young man while he was here at MBI. And, and he was over at our house, and he said, yeah, when I was a kid, my mom got me husky pants. And I looked at him, yeah. and I said, my mom got me husky pants. And we looked at each other, and it was like, so you were fat too. You know what I mean? And, and that's, <laughs> oh, no. That, it, it was really funny because here's two guys saying, yeah, code word for fat boy when we were kids, husky pants. And, and, and we just had a laugh about it, and it was like, you know, he thought me identifying with that was so cool. As far as that yeah. goes, neither of us are really overweight today, but it, I mean, then, but I was just going to text them actually this morning and say, I was putting on my pants. I looked at the label. The new code is relaxed fit. 
It's it's not husky anymore. It's relaxed fit that my wife buys me, and and so it's it's one of those it's one of those vulnerable things. You know, I mean, it's no. I remember my mom trying to put this positive spin on husky pants. I mean, you're a big boy, you're strong, you know, all that kind of stuff. And 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 this guy and I kept talking about that, how our moms did that to us. You know, it, we were strong and big, and we're sitting there the whole time going, I'm fat. You know, I mean, that, that's what we were hearing. And and just yeah. to be able to say that to him, we we were, you know, just enjoying talking to each other. And that honest level was just fun to be at. I really understand that could really crush some people, but... In the moment, it was not right. I knew this young man well. And we just identified about something that we we're still laughing about uh, in our lives. And I guarantee you, I would never tell a young man, you're wearing husky pants because you're muscular. Um, because I can remember how that damaged me. Well, it didn't really damage me. But I was, I was thinking, Mom, just tell the truth. You know what I mean? You can say whatever you want. Um, yeah. and, and I'm not sure you need to be real blunt on those things either. But I, I, as a boy, that's what I heard. Uh, and another guy, another generation later is hearing the same thing. All right, Kristen, one more. Give me another one. What's one thing you wish you knew? I wish I knew that isolation breeds depression, that the more time I spent alone in my room and the more time I pushed away my friends or my family, the more my thoughts were disturbed, the more Satan could mess with my heart, the more he could twist things around in my brain, and the more I felt alone. Wow. That is huge. That is huge. That's not just... Teens, that's even people in leadership. Sometimes leadership gets to be a lonely place as well. And Dave and I were chatting about that a little bit earlier today when we were talking about the show. And when you get to that point of wanting to be vulnerable, I think one of the things that keeps even people in leadership from being vulnerable is that there's just a, there's a fear. There's not really a culture of it. Like you can't really be open. And so when you can't be vulnerable, when you can't talk about those things, that's when you start living in isolation because you really the things you really want to talk about, you feel like you can't talk about. You live in the isolation, and then it, you, you have nowhere to go with it. You have no outlet, and it just kind of stews, and you think about it, and that's where Satan comes in. Are you in isolation if you're on the computer, though? I mean, aren't you with other people, like on Facebook? No, it's not the same. Okay. It's not the I same. I just wondered what you thought. No, I think that's a way to communicate, but you, it, I feel like, sadly, today, too many people talk over Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and texting, but they don't talk face-to-face. They don't talk on the phone. They don't get together. And really share their hearts. Yep. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to finish up this list and more when we come back with Kristen. Remember, you can chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Jump on Facebook and Twitter. Let us know your thoughts, how you handle those things, especially if you're a parent tonight. If you've thought about those things, how far is too far? What do I talk to my kids about and what don't I talk to my kids about? More with Kristen when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, Hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff and DW, your host tonight, Kristen Jane Anderson, in studio with us tonight, talking about things she wished she knew. And I'm sure as we're talking about this list, you're probably thinking, man, that's so where I am right now. You can chat with a live coach if any of these things apply to you. Chat with a live coach at HopeNet360.com as we're talking tonight. Jump on Facebook or Twitter. Let us know your thoughts, too. And if you'd like to add to this list, we would love to hear your thoughts on things that you wish you knew or that your parents knew before things got to the point of being too far or almost to the point of destruction. So you can email us anytime at Hope at HopeNet360.com. Kristen, what's another thing that you wish you knew before laying on those train tracks? 
This is one that we've been talking a lot about, but I wish that I wouldn't have kept so much of the stress and pain I was feeling to myself. I especially wish that I would have shared it with my parents. Do you think that that's appropriate for anyone that's listening to share it with their parents? It depends if they live in like an abusive home, um, if it's a safe environment, um, or how unhealthy it is. But I think, um, by and large, it would be good for them to talk to their parents. I'm not saying that a pastor or somebody wouldn't be better, but I think it's important for parents to know. My parents didn't know the Lord. Um, They thought they were Christians and everything, but it still would have been very helpful for them to know. They say all the time that they wish they would have known that I'd been raped or whatever because they would have handled the situation differently. They might not have pointed me towards Christ. They might not have, um, you know, done anything like that, but they would have handled the situation differently. They would have gotten me some other type of help. I guess I'm trying to, to help the people that are listening realize that if somebody's sitting there saying, you don't understand, I cannot talk to my parents about this. Okay, that doesn't negate or, or take away the fact that you need to talk to somebody mm-hmm. about this. And whether it be a HopeNet360.com live uh, coach there, or whether it be a, a pastor, or whether it be a counselor at school, you, know, you need to share what's going on with somebody. And I, I, I do think that your parents are the best option to do that. Uh, that's why I think God gave you parents. But in that sense, there are some that are listening that might use that as an excuse and say, I have nobody to talk to. Mm -hmm. And I would love to just say, no, please hear the principle behind what Kristen said. The the principle is you need to share what's really going on in your feelings and your thoughts with somebody who would actually love you and and help you sort through it. And it's best if you can do that with mom and dad, no doubt. Mm -hmm. It may be a grandma or a grandpa or or maybe an uncle or an aunt or, or if not, then a counselor at school or a pastor uh, would be a good start. Mm-hmm. But you need to do that. Or right. the Hope Line, you know, go there. Any one of those is a good option. What's yeah. not a good option is keeping everything inside. Absolutely. Right. How would you want your parents to respond? If you're looking back on it, what's the response that you'd want to get from your mom and your dad when you told them these things? It would have been helpful for me to, I was always afraid of them reacting, like keeping me from my friends or, I don't know, making me do more homework or, just any of the things that I wouldn't have wanted to happen, I was always afraid of the con- of consequences. Mm-hmm. And instead of, and it would have been helpful for me if they were just supportive and encouraging and helpful. Not that they didn't need to ever give me consequences, but I needed them to just listen and care. I think the hard thing for parents, and you're probably in the same situation. You've got a young child, and they start, you know, they start walking around doing things. But there's always this constant need for help. They're always like, help, fix this, you know, change this, you know, do this for me. And when you move into having teenagers, and I'm not experienced in this, but I've worked around teenagers. I've mentored teenagers. Dave, you can probably correct me if I'm wrong on this. But when you get to teenagers, you move, you rely less on the fix it principles to how do I support? How do I, you know, guide my teenager? And how do I know when to let go and how to let go? That's that's kind of the hard thing for a lot of parents. You get to that point and you're like, I need to let go, but I feel like I really want to just, you know, pull them in and put them in a padded room and a nice, you know, bubble and keep them insulated so they can't get hurt anymore because they've really just been hurt. And, and, and you're feeling like as a teenager, you're probably feeling like my entire world is upside down. It's out of my control. The last thing I want is someone else to exert their control over my life and to completely take things to an nth degree that I, I don't even want them to go. And I think it's really important for parents to realize while you'll never get away from the, the need and the responsibility of protecting your children, 
you also have to know where that balance comes in. That's the hard thing for a lot of parents. Yeah, it is very hard. You know, even crazier than that, and and we might need a whole show on what I'm just going to say now, but crazier than that is the differences between men and women. Mm. I mean, men love to fix things. I don't know how many times my wife looks at me when she's saying something, because I'm going, okay, I'll take care of this and this. She goes, I don't want you to. Mm -hmm. I want you to care and understand what I'm saying. And I'm thinking, you know what? Honestly, my male mind doesn't comprehend that. Yep. It doesn't. And, and that's why I wanted to bring it up. I mean, it's, it's one thing. And what happens a lot of times, I think, in relationships is, is that men will dominate a little bit their wives. And their wives know that they need to just be there and care. But the men are saying, we got to do this. We got to do this. We gotta do this. You know, men that listen, even young men that are listening to me, understand this. God made you a certain way. He made you to want to fix things. There's no doubt. But we're not as good at relationships as the women in the world. Mm-hmm. They're better at that than we are. I don't know how many times I've told men, go ask your wife what the problem is she knows. Mm-hmm. I mean, just listen to her for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I still struggle with that. I'm 58 years old, and I still, <laughs> every time a young lady has a problem, I go, I can fix this. <laughs> and, and you know what? Now they just look at me. If Linda's around, they just look at me. In fact, there was a, a, lady, a young lady in our house, and she was saying something. And I said, well, I could. And immediately... She looked at me and Linda looked at me and said, we don't want you to fix it. <laughs> Fine. I'll just sit here and do nothing. You know, and, 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 and you could hear my voice. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, I, if I care, I need to fix this. And so I think, uh, Kristen, when you said that, it triggered something in me that, as a dad that, that's, that, you know, I really do want to fix it because I love my daughters. I want to mm-hmm. fix it. But sometimes the best fix is to be quiet and, mm-hmm. and relate with them and just listen. And I'm telling you, men, you've got to learn to do that more. And, and you can hear my voice. I am struggling with that all the time still because I just feel like I need to fix it. And you can't ruin the whole thing by doing that. Yeah, it's one of the things I talk to my husband about with my stepdaughter because he wants to fix it. It's a problem, you know, that we have sometimes just like you and your wife. But um, my my stepdaughter will just shut down. She'll try to talk to him, and when he wants to try to fix it, she'll just shut down because he's not listening, she feels like. Hmm. Yeah. We're funny that way. we yep. got to adjust. We have to. That's part of being truthful. See, we're just being vulnerable here. I'm just telling you that this is still at 58 something I'm struggling with because I don't care. I, I, I know that I shouldn't react that way first, but I do. And, and then I have to be corrected. And now my dear wife can correct me with a look. <laughs> yes. You know, it's like. No, quit fixing this. Okay, this is a time to listen. You know, got it. But it's still foreign to me. I want you to know that. It's, it's foreign, but I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I'm not, and I do want to be sensitive. It's just not in my nature. I feel like it's, a, it's one of those fragile things because sometimes we do want you to fix it, but sometimes we just want you to listen. You know what I would ask then, Kristen? If, if any, like if my daughters are listening, if you want me to fix it, say, would you fix this, please? Right. And then otherwise. <laughs> and, and that way listen. I know where we're going with this. Yeah. That's a great solution. All right. What's another thing you wish you knew? I wish I knew that my parents weren't trying to hurt me at all and that they just wanted to help me. Oh, there you go. It ties in right Mm -hmm. with the other one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they did have rules. They did have consequences and punishments for me. um, And but I just didn't realize how much those things could help me or protect me. I just felt like they were trying to hurt me and they really weren't I just you know was in such a desperate place every little thing seemed to feel like it hurt yeah I think it's really important and this kind of ties in with the last one that parents understand your perspective and where you're coming from 
And I think a lot of the perspective for, for you was the lack of control you had in a lot of circumstances. So when a parent will come in and, and make choices for you and make decisions for you, it just perpetuates that perspective that you have of my life is absolutely out of control. I need to regain some control for my own sanity, you know, and that's just our nature. That's what we do inside. That's, that's how we are as emotional beings. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It's just, it's how we feel. Right. Yeah. yeah but if I could have looked outside of my feelings and, and just realized that they really, 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 really do care. They really, really, really just want what's best for me, regardless of how this feels. I think that would have helped me. It's obviously a very mature thought process, but I know that would have I, I would love to encourage parents to, to do this, and I have to so many men, to just look at their daughters or sons and say, you know what, I'm, I'm a little clumsy at this. I really want to help. I really love you, but I'm clumsy. I'm not sure this is the right way. I think they would give you more latitude if you do that. Mm-hmm. And, I agree. And, and kids, and I, I wish that you would give them that latitude, realizing that sometimes parents are clumsy. We're, we're, we're not always knowing what we need to do, but we do want to help you. Yes, we do. And we're going to help you a little bit more understanding things that we wish we knew. Again, you can chime in on this list, too. Email us your thoughts and your list to hope at hopenet360.com. We'll wrap up the show with Kristen when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show, HopeNet Radio. Glad that you've joined us tonight on the show. Jeff and DW, your host tonight. If you've missed any part of the show, you'll be able to catch it on the podcast at HopeNet360.com or subscribe to HopeNet Radio on iTunes. And if you do, leave a review. Let us know you love the show or what you'd like for us to talk about on the show. You can connect with us anytime on our email at hope at HopeNet360.com or on Facebook. Just look up HopeNet360 on Facebook or on Twitter. You can connect with us that way. Follow us, like us, retweet us. We'd love for you to be a part of our HopeNet. So we're sitting down tonight and chatting with the lovely Kristen Jane Anderson, and she's got this fantastic list, very simple list, things that you wish you knew. And I think every single person who's listening to the show, I know I can, I can relate to something in your list as far as things that you wish you could have done along the way that would have changed maybe a decision or a choice that you made in your life. And I think as people are listening tonight, they're looking at their life and saying, yeah, I, I need to make some of these changes now. And hopefully tonight we open the door of conversation for it to happen in your home. So parents, as you're listening tonight, teens, as you're listening tonight, let's bridge the gap. Let's talk about some of these things as we go. So Kristen, I'd love to hear another thing that you wish you knew tonight. All right. This is one we already talked about, so we might be able to get through a couple more. But I, I wrote down that it wasn't my job to protect my parents. Mm. And it's not like I thought of that as my job, but I was... And very intentionally trying to not tell them things or even do some things that wouldn't worry them, that wouldn't um, hurt them. And by not talking to them about the things that had gone wrong, I, I was trying to protect them. And it wasn't my job to protect them. It was I was still a child. It was their job to protect me. And I just had that backwards. So what do you, what do you mean by you were protecting them? I was tr- just trying not to hurt them. I was trying not to worry them. I was I was trying to handle things on my own. Mm-hmm. So what do you think would have hurt them if they knew? And a lot of things. I mean, just the, the depth of the pain that I was feeling, how being, you know, that I was raped, how that affected me, just how lost I was feeling. I just didn't want to worry them. It just didn't realize how backwards it was, how how, how much I worried about worrying them. Did you before that? Did you ever have a time where you opened up and shared something, and you felt like they didn't hear you or or bother to understand? 
what you were feeling? No, I feel like I, I talked to my mom a lot, actually. I just didn't tell her the most important things. And I feel like when I talked to her, she showed that she cared, but she cared so much that it made me feel like a responsibility to protect her heart. Hmm. It's almost as if, too, you were thinking, you know, my parents are good parents. I do not want them to think they're failures. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's huge. And parents need to hear, if you think that, you need to go tell your mom or dad that, you know, I don't want you to think you're failure, so I don't want to talk to you, you know, because I think you're a great parent. Yeah. I mean, really, um, it's just there's other factors that I'm trying to deal with in my brain. And I tell every parent that loves you would like to hear that so that they can help you. As we talk tonight, remember, you can always chime in with us at hope at hopenet360.com. Kristen, what's another thing that's on your list? Another thing that I wrote down was that there were really good youth groups at churches nearby that I would have enjoyed being a part of. Um, the youth group that I went to was really just for fun, and that was at our church. And my parents, because we'd always went to that church and forever kind of done that thing, they just would have never thought about looking for other youth groups or bringing me to another youth group. But I found out after high school that there were a couple of really good youth groups within 10 minutes from our house that I think if my parents would have brought me, maybe I would have, you know, really been helped and and grown spiritually and um, just blessed in, in, in a million ways. Now, I know Dave's worked in some youth ministries. I mean, Dave, your dad was a pastor and you've probably been around church ministries. I've been a youth pastor. What is a good youth group in your opinion? Like, well, what do you mean by that? You, well, you had fun. It was a fun youth group, you said. Right. But I needed so much more than fun. I could have fun with my friends at school. I could have fun, you know, with anyone. I just, when I went to church, I needed more than fun. I needed way more than fun. And so the the youth groups that I heard about afterwards, and one of them that I volunteered with, I, you know, there was te- a time of teaching every night. There was a time of worship. There were small groups. There was, you know, a lot of relationships and fun. It was, you know, very Bible-centered, very Christ-centered. It wasn't just about, you know, we didn't live as the world lived. We lived as the church lived. Wow. Yeah. I think a good youth group or a good church is one that's basically about God. And when they're about God, they become about people, right? And, and, and when they're about God, they can become confessors. They can talk truth. They can, you know, people are seeking God, not more pretend. They have plenty of pretend. That, Kristen was going through pretend, not talking to her parents. Plenty mm-hmm. of pretend out there. They need reality. And, mm-hmm. and church youth groups should be those that know God that know uh, that are vulnerable, like we've been talking about, that that can speak the truth because they love and help young people be free. And I think if if she was a part of something like that earlier, uh, some tremendous things could have really happened uh, as far as preventing the problems that she saw. Yeah, I totally agree. And I could go on for a long time about youth ministry because I'm super passionate about that. I'm with you. I really believe youth ministry today in a lot of maybe larger churches, there's this draw, there's this feeling like we need to entertain teenagers and and have like some kind of big production that draws people in that's like super fun. And it looks like, kind of in some ways, it looks like, you know, you're just going to a theater, you know, and just having a party all the time. Those are good. It's not bad to do that. But if that's your primary motive of your programming, you're really going to really leave your students at a disadvantage in life. And, And you found that. And so 
and I can't speak to every youth group. I know there's some great youth groups. I know every church is different. So you can't just have the same kinds of things everywhere you go. Some people approach evangelism in a different way. Some are more discipleship focused. So you have that. So, and not every youth group is perfect. Every youth group has something they're trying to get better at doing. So we can't just lump it and say there's going to be this youth group is perfect. That youth group is going to be perfect. They're all trying to find that balance and really try to find the way to reach teenagers for Christ. Some that's their primary focus. Some that's kind of like they hope for that as a byproduct, you know. So that's kind of where people differ. But I'd like to hear more of your list tonight before we wrap up the show. Well, the last thing um, that I guess we're probably going to get to today I think is a good point to end on. It probably seems really simple, but it was something that I really needed to get through my head. I wrote down, I, I wish I would have known that it would get better, that it always does, and that God had really good things planned ahead of me. I thought that things would get better for a long time, but at some point I stopped believing it. Hmm. And and it was because it wasn't happening in my time frame. It wasn't happening quick enough. It wasn't happening soon enough. Um, it honestly ended up taking years for things to really get better, and I just was not ready to wait for that. And I wish I would have realized that in the grand scheme of things, a few years wasn't really that long to wait, that God had really, really good things ahead of me and that I would get through this and it would get better no matter what. It always gets better. Yeah. Some of that we call focalism. You're just focusing on something and, and, and that became everything mm-hmm. to you. And, and the truth of the matter is it very wise what you just said. I, I use different words. I kind of describe it as seasons. There are seasons of life and, and some seasons are a little tougher than others. Like last winter up here for us in the northern woods. You know, I mean, that, that was a tough season. But you know what? There's still spring that will come. It may come late, it may, but it will come. And I think that's important to see. If, if people are thinking right now that what they're in will never change, it'll always be this way, we've given you some tools. Uh, talk to somebody. Go to HopeNet360.com and talk to a life coach. Talk to uh, your parents. Talk to a, a pastor. See, we've started to give you some tools here to really change the season if you want to. Mm-hmm. But the season can change. It can and when it does, you'll be very sorry if you adjust it to one season in life so much that you can't adjust to the next. Yeah. We talk about these things again. This show is really centered around vulnerability and accountability. And those two things, we talked about a lot of vulnerable things tonight. We talked about things that we wish we knew. And I'm sure you can add on to this list. We would love to hear more of your list as you want to write in to us, email us at hope at hopenet360.com or just jump on our Facebook page, send us a message, let us know what you would add to this list, things that you wish you knew before, put in your destructive behavior, your destructive lifestyle, something that you did that either did change your life you know, for the rest of your life or something that could have really turned destructive, but thankfully it hadn't. And you can connect with us that way. Uh, we're just glad that you joined us on the show. Remember, you can always catch the podcast after the show at HopeNet360.com or on iTunes. Just search for HopeNet Radio, HopeNet, one word, radio, second word. And we would love to get a review on that if you want to just let us know your thoughts. Let us know you love the show. We'd love to hear from you guys. You can email Dave or me anytime at Hope at HopeNet360.com. For all of us here on the show, thank you, Kristen, for spending some time with us tonight and sharing your list. We'll have this available on our website, HopeNet360.com. Com soon. For all of us here on the show, thanks for joining us here on HopeNet Radio.